Hello, everyone. I just wanted to quickly say hello and thank you for your patience before we start the program normally with the boys. Um, just over a month ago, or just getting on for a month ago, um, I've suddenly lost uh, my best friend, Martin Davis, who has been with me through pretty much every aspect of my involvement in rallying. I went to see my first rallies um, with him. We, we, you know, we spectated and then we we built cars together when I first started and he worked on my service crew. He, he, he did everything. He worked behind the scenes, even on podcasts going back 10, 11 years because he was also an experienced sound engineer and, and, and kind of helped me out um, with stuff and, and just kind of was always a bit of an ear to send stuff to, to uh, say, you know, how's this sound? How's, how's that sound? So to, to suddenly lose him and then try and talk about rallying the next day was, was, was something which wasn't really on the agenda for me. Um, it, it, it almost seemed kind of trite in a way. Um, but the world keeps turning and uh, the wheels keep turning on rally cars. And I had some fantastic messages from people who who kind of knew us both and then obviously knew that um, that obviously we were missing for, 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 for a reason. So um, I just want to say thanks for the patience. Um, and it is good to be back as I say I'm going to let the boys come in in a second but uh, I just wanted to just acknowledge the fact that their support has been fantastic and the support for the podcast as ever is really really important um, but uh, it's a little bit of a tribute to Marty we very very sadly missed This is Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 5, season 24, and I'm surrounded by friends. Um, none of them are on the podcast with me, they're just in the, the room next door, but anyway, at least I've got some people on the podcast <laughs> with me. Um, I, I've got a full house, I've got the boys with me, which is, which is great, it's fantastic, because we've obviously been missing. Um, so I've got... Um, I was going to say a youthful Jack Bennion, but you, you, you're all grown up now, Jack. <laughs> I'm an old man now. I know it's true. I've got my, uh, I've got a pumpkin spice latte and a, a little box of raisins here with me, ready to, ready to go. So I'm, I'm, I'm flat out for the show today. It's difficult to kind of get across any kind of middle classness uh, about coffee until somebody bowls in something like that, and then you go. It's a bit of a coffee snob. Bit of a coffee snob. Just what can I say? Just it's, it's whatever it is, no matter how bad or how good you think it is, it cannot be as bad as how much milk Craig Breen has in his tea, which should be I, illegal. It probably I, is. I, I am. I, no, do you know what? Countries. It's funny. It's funny you should say that because I've we've been WhatsApping this over the last couple of days, uh, and uh, the t- I asked the same question of Scotty. Um, Scotty Martin and of him of what the fuck are you doing with those big plates pardon my French because I did text that to them and Scott Martin's got a nice fruit bowl out of it apparently he, uh, apparently he's going to use it for fruit and um, I did uh, obviously I can now fully disclose the fact that the the, the, the the Craig Breen piece that we did which went missing um, all those weeks ago to, it's fair to say there was a heavy insinuation to a point um, of some sort that there was going to be a, an announcement immediately after Finland. He didn't say where he was going. 
but I don't think it took Poirot to figure it out. Um, but, um, but yeah, anyway, we're going to talk about, uh, Rally Finland in, in a second because obviously there's not just Jack. There's never just Jack, is there? There's always going to be Ryan Champion as well. Hello. And, and you know what? The other day, uh, Gemma introduced me to a pumpkin spiced latte and I, I, I had to order it. And and that totally confused me. I didn't even know what one was. But anyway, Jack, I've I've sampled it now, and I have to agree they're pretty good. That is that is possibly the most Yorkshire intro I think you could have done. <laughs> I don't know. I've only ever had black coffee, but all of a sudden the bowl. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Yorkshire tea. We get four hundred and eighty bags at a time. <laughs> Do you go to Costco for your tea? Uh, B and M. Do you put eight pints of milk in your tea as well, or is it just the? No, just, but I do. I do. I do like a little bit of milk in my tea. I, I do. So. I, I I like a milky tea, but I agree with what you said. I actually I watched that video this morning, and I WhatsApp Craig saying, I don't know what kind of skullduggery goes on there, but putting the water, the hot water in, and then putting the tea bag in, absolutely oh, no. freaked me out. Oh no, no, I can't do that. You put the you put the you put the tea bag in, then you put your hot water in. And then Correct. your milk. Yeah, I, I agree. Unless, uh, unless you're using fine china, in which case you have to start with the milk, apparently. Is that because you can damage the fine china? It, that's exactly why, yes, with the hot water. See, this, folks, is the, this is the most upper-class episode of Absolute Rally see, ever. Folks, We're talking about you, China and you, pumpkin you spice lattes. You tune in for, for, for rally news, but we bring you so much more. And I know there's other podcasts out there who may, again, we're going to introduce somebody who introduces one of them in a second, who, who will give you a highbrow coaching and everything else but you don't get this type of stuff anywhere else do you trevor agnew uh that's it cheers folks <laughs> here. we ran out of time clearly <laughs> oh, <can I? laughs> it's the first time Trevor's ever swore on a podcaster just 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 mark that in your diaries folks he's normally the roy keen yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> roy keen the roy keen so yes we are we are all back here, and I will make reference to the fact that, um, as I say, the missing um, the missing piece we did with Craig Breen was was pretty much announcing what was going to happen after Finland, but he wouldn't say where he was going. But I think it's all agreed. We 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 knew. I think we all knew in our heart of hearts where he was going to go. Um, right, we're going to start obviously with Finland as ever. Um, just to recap, if you are new to the podcast, by the way, uh, welcome. Um, I find it hard to believe that there's still new people joining, but clearly there is, uh, looking at the downloads. If you are new, um, we always assume um, that, you, you know, we don't do results. Um, we, we, we talk about it as if you know what we're talking about. And if you do, can you let us know? Because we've got no idea normally. So there you go. Um, Ryan Champion, I'm going to come to you first. Um, I was slightly concerned for Elvin uh, about two months ago. And yet, and we keep on saying this, and our friend over in Australia, by the way, tweeted us um, a, a, a bit of a classy mem or meme, whatever you want to call them, uh, how excited we would be with regards to um, Elvin's win. Now, I did point something out that now, that means now he's won on D-Max, Michelin and Pirelli. So it can't be the tyres is where I'm going with this, Ryan Champion. <laughs> that's a good point and I know exactly what you were saying you know a couple of months back um, or even even a month or so ago you know you looked at some of Elvin's last performances and, and the the little bit of uh, the last little bit of speed wasn't there sometimes was it and and 
you know the the championship was slipping away from him and and yes he was still second in the championship but after the incident in Kenya he was he was dropping away from that fight and uh, he just needed a spark again well god did he come back with a spark he didn't just come back with a spark I mean he he, he put in a world-class performance to you know to, to make rally Finland his own uh, one of the hardest events in the world championship we know that Burns we know that McRae never never won that event and uh, it, incredible performance and, and he looked so sure-footed from start to finish and yes there was a close battle really all the way through but in the end he just had that edge that uh, that, that put the result beyond doubt and and won won a, an incredible event jack we've got our own a-list an hour from we surely that was uh, some some performance wasn't it and i think even more impressive in the in, in light of what you mentioned tony about being a bit worried about him i assume you referred to some of the recent results where obviously the first five rallies of the season he was in the top five and in the top two for most of those as well and um all started to unravel a little bit in kenya didn't it um you know estonia Ypres, the acropolis none, none of them really went his way and it seemed to be a you know the, the pace seemed to to not quite be there for him and obviously that that pre-event test in in Finland was was absolutely vital for him where he went in a maybe a slightly different direction to his teammates and obviously it's still given him the, given him the confidence in the car again because I think recently you know fast rallies on gravel have been a, a, maybe a little bit of a struggle for him and haven't quite come as easy as some of the other you know events that he is uh, maybe a bit more natural on so he's he's worked at it and yeah, as you know, couldn't put it better than what than what Ryan said. Really, it was just a, a world class performance. Trev, I always come to you rather lazily with stuff like this for obvious reasons, but um, I, I was watching Finland over the weekend. I, I kind of came back to rallying a little bit um, on, on Finland, to be honest with you. I haven't kind of stepped away for it for a few weeks, but uh, I was watching Finland, and I've, I've kind of came to the conclusion that the, the very top drivers, the very, very top, you know, the winners of WRC rounds or certainly um, podium finishes in WRC rounds, there is a point where their ability tops out and the rest of it is purely confidence. Yeah, and confidence is a key, you know, it's a big old move from Elvin to go as Jack just explained there in a different direction. Bear in mind the number of test miles that has been done in Finland and the Aris. Uh, for, so fair play to him and his engineer Rui to to go down that route and take that chance on it, which clearly paid off. The interesting thing was on Friday, his second pass of the stage, fair enough, road position is a big thing as well, run second on the road, but his second pass didn't really have the performance that we saw on Saturday morning, and stage eight on Saturday morning was just incredible, you know, he blitzed everybody, but if you watch those top three guys, uh, Tanak Evans and, and Craig Breen, it was just mind-blowing. I, I can't remember the last time I watched a rally in so much awe at the speed and the videos we saw, the rate that those three guys in particular were going and it's just that little bit and you know when everybody's trying the lines that they were taking etc when they're on that pace with that momentum that rhythm uh, you're not going to get near them you know because it's so so natural for those guys at that point clearly taking chance and having moments but if you look at the like of uh, Lappy and people like that they're just off that edge which is where Elvin was in fairness for a lot of this year so it's great that he's done it in this rally, and we've seen this before, it's not new. Uh, he just needs to consistently do that now, to be up there with Tanak, with Nouvelle, and with Ogier, as that, for me, they're still the ultimate A-team. Elvin, like a Craig Breen, people like that, just need to do that consistently, more often, and, you know, it's going to be a hell of a championship next year, isn't it? 
I think it's fair to say, though, that they are quite, to use a, uh, uh, to use a term, they're pretty much in reception waiting to go in, as far as I'm concerned, because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Craig now as well. Obviously, we've talked briefly about, obviously, the news that's, uh, that, that's come out with regards to his future for, for 2022, 2023. Um, but again, watching, watching Craig, um, and knowing the amount of seat time he's had and, you know, the, Obviously, he's he's been there to do a job. I think it's fair to say. Um, but there has been. Um, do you think this? And again, I'm going to come back to you, Trev, briefly on this. Uh, the, we, we've made reference to Craig um, middle part of this year. Stevia Edge, maybe slightly more um, edgy, a bit more determined, slightly more forward. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Do you think again the confidence of knowing perhaps that his future was sorted? has gave him that? It certainly helps you relax, doesn't it? <laughs> and especially in Finland, uh, when you know the announcement's about to come as well. Uh, but Craig Brain has always been exceptionally fast. And as I said before, just remember, he's a two-time world champion already. And uh, with he's never had a full season, a complete full season in the car. So absolutely phenomenal for him to have two years, not just one. That's the key as well with that. You've got two years to go at it. And of course, in a car that, you know, in a team that traditionally will start off usually with a reliable car hitting the ground with pace. Uh, Monte Carlo clearly is a dodgy rally to start with, especially I think the first day is going to be no midday service. Uh, but, you know, that aside, it's, uh, it's a phenomenal opportunity and richly deserved. The, the, the hard work him and Paul have done and what Paul helped Craig with, uh, it's richly deserved for both of those guys. And God, I couldn't, couldn't be happier. And the whole of Ireland probably erupted about eight o'clock this morning. <laughs> I think they probably erupted probably as they finished Finland and the party just carried on, Trev. Um, yeah. I'd say. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go for a stab in the dark there. But, um, uh, Brian, I'm, I'm going to come to you and, and, and again, just reiterate, I suppose, what Trev just said. Um, there's a difference. And, you know, listen, you, you've competed at a far higher level as Trev, as uh, to me. But at, at the weekend, when I was watching what I was watching, there was, it was, it was like something special was happening. It was almost like watching, you know, uh, watching somebody walk the moon. It was like, it felt that far away from anything I'd ever done or ever, ever be able to do. It's just, it's just a completely different level. Well, like, like, uh, Trev already said, I mean, if, if anybody's listening who hasn't seen some of the, the footage, the YouTube footage since, go and watch it. Um, I think there was motorsport film, uh, was one that I, that I shared yesterday and, Live footage is, is brilliant, you know, it, it, it brings the sport to us immediately, but some of these guys recce the roads, they walk into the forest for miles, they stand for hours to get the footage they do, and, and honestly, it's, it's that footage that really brings to life how fast these cars are going through those forests. Um, there's, there's one section, a right-hander through a, through a small compression, and then it opens out into a left, and, and the speed that these cars are carrying through there, and, and it's two things, it's, it's drivers at the top of the game, but it's cars at the top of the game with the highest level of downforce we've ever seen, maybe the highest level of downforce we'll ever see on a rally car. And uh, it's just absolutely incredible um, the, the confidence that these drivers have in the cars at high speed. And, and as I said, if you haven't watched the footage, you have to, because we know we've got new cars coming next year. They're probably going to be, well, they, they will be more powerful with the hybrid unit. They'll also be heavier, uh, less suspension travel, less aero. So they're probably not going to travel through the corners quite 
quite as fast. So, you know, these could be the fastest cornering cars we've, uh, we'll, we'll ever see. And uh, they were incredible to watch. Before I, I just, just, just on that, and, and we'll, we'll come back to Finland in a second. I'm going to come to probably, you, 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 you probably don't want me to come to you, Jack, but I'm going to come to you with this and I will speak to the others about it as well. Slightly controversially, I'm going to put this out there. And, and it's, I'm just going to kind of let it hang and let the other two maybe mull it over, but you're going to get it first. Uh, we appreciate the 2017 cars when they were brought in, the regulations that were brought in were obviously there to, to, to entice, um, you know, a, a new fan in or, or, you know, convert the casual into maybe a slightly more committed fan. Um, I'm not entirely sure that's happened. There was also supposedly an enticement to bring in more manufacturers. That didn't happen. We actually lost one. So has the 17 car been overall successful? I think it depends how you define success, isn't it? Because you've, you've outlined quite a few different things there that you could, you know, argue whether it's been successful or not. You know, I still think back in 2017, we should have gone in the R5 direction and that should have been the, the top class. I know I'm the biggest fan of the, the 2017 cars and what they look like on a stage and, and what they are capable of. And I'm so happy that I've been able to live through that and I've been able to go and watch those cars on the stages and, and, and just enjoy them. But as we all know, the, the costs are, are astronomical. I think that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, maybe Citroen didn't carry on and, and one of the reasons why other manufacturers haven't come in. You know, if we'd have gone R5, would we have had, you know, three or four manufacturers coming in and, and, and making things different? Uh, you know, we can't say that for sure, but I think it would have been much more attractive. And to be honest, I think if you, if your goal is to attract fans from the outside, I think you can make an R5 car look just as spectacular through, you know, videos and social media and stuff as you can make a, a 2017 car look. And I know that'll be a controversial thing to, to some people, but, you can make an R5 look very exciting through, you know, good video and, and stuff like that. So for me, it, it wasn't necessarily the right direction to take in hindsight. But like I said, I'm, I'm so glad they did take that direction because as a rally fan, I got to see, you know, the fastest rally cars will will ever see. And it was, um, you know, an absolute joy to, to watch them on the stages. Right. From your point of view, um, go on, I'm going to I'm going to ping it back to you. Um, yeah, a couple of things there. I mean, again, go back to that footage. The the WRC the WRC cars made the Rally Two cars look like old fashioned Group N cars. They just looked like they would stood stood still. No noise, no drama, no excitement. But uh, I, I agree with Jack in that I still think the sport took a, a, a wrong turn. Fantastic, we've seen these cars, incredibly exciting. But um, it's it's made the sport even more elitist at the front end and and it will continue to do so with with next year's hybrid cars if we had gone r5 plus if we'd added air or if we'd added more power you know let's let's not forget they're on a small restrictor the the r5 cars you know rally two cars whatever you want to call them increase the restrictor size give them more power um you know you could easily get them to to 380 horsepower reliably i'm sure which is allegedly what what today's cars have allegedly i have no idea um but uh, yeah, fantastic to see these cars. They've been incredibly exciting to watch. Um, but ultimately, any successful championship needs as many teams and drivers competing at the front as possible. And as long as we have uh, million pound, million euro, million dollar cars, whatever they are, um, that's not going to happen. Trev, um, are you going to take us in a slightly different direction to, to my comments or? Not really. I, I go back to what I've always said. You know, we've got Toyota in there who, fourteenth <laughs> biggest company in the world, and their chairman's a rally fan. Uh, so they'll fire as much money as they need to run whatever 
it takes to be world champions. And of course, you've got some Asian Pacific rivalry with uh, with Hyundai in that region, so they're going to match it. And then, of course, MC. Well, and, and world world rivalry as well, haven't you, Trevor? You know, we know the car markets. How much world rivalry between those two? Yeah. Otherwise, there wouldn't be an end series in in uh, in Hyundai. Uh, and of course, we've seen what's happening with uh, with. The RSGR, and um, anybody got any of those? Uh, and uh, yeah, so of course other manufacturers are going to struggle because it's small change to those particular manufacturers to run it. But uh, it just rules out all the importer teams and things like that from competing right at the top and for those sponsors and everybody. Uh, so those competitors, I should say, to get sponsors in their own national companies. So uh, I think it was uh, it was great, as, as you all said. It was just stunning to watch it. Uh, it's an absolute privilege to see that level of performance. But we'll not know uh, how it's going to affect everything for the next year or two years. Um, you know, we've all talked about uh, our reservations about going down the hybrid route and whether that should have been electric straight away. So Jack's point of maybe running R5 for two or three years and going straight into electric at this point might have been a better way to get more manufacturers involved. Um, just just on the Toyota point there, I, I remember talking to somebody a, a few months back um, who said that apparently there's 20 World Rally cars there, and the the the, the start the start of dismantle them was going to be this later this year, because it's going to be basically like the Mitsubishi program where everything's scrapped, which is a bit sad, really, isn't it? Definitely sad. It, it is incredibly sad, you know. It's, it's one of the one of the most exciting rally cars we, we've ever seen, and uh, yeah, if we're not going to see any anymore, I mean, there's one or two uh, Fiestas out there that have gone into private hands, but um, yeah, it's it, it is really sad. Um, and of course, we never got the chance to see the Volkswagen version of it on the stages in anger. Yeah, and that's obviously that was. Well, and you know, who knows how different the world would have been if Volkswagen had stayed in at that point. Ogier wouldn't have probably went to M Sport. I think it's fair to say. Would have been an interesting, yeah. Maybe one day we'll do a podcast on that. What would have happened if? What would have happened if? I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, just coming back to Rally Finland, boys. Um, I just wanted to leave that out there, and no doubt we'll probably get battered for, for for saying negative things about the 17 cars as much as we all love them. But anyway, um, 17 cars, and I wanted to um, I wanted to pick up on some of the co-driver changes. Um, and I'll, I'm I'm going to come to to you first, Rye. Um, there's been a few people moving around. Obviously, Adrian Formo changed his co-driver. Um, obviously, um, Takamoto's unfortunately had to have another change as well. I don't know whether that was a one-off or whether that's actually going to progress for the rest of the year. I, I really don't know. Um, obviously, Aaron Johnson jumped in with, with Taka, having left Oliver Solberg. Now, Oliver Solberg was left with nobody um, and um, ended up with, with Craig Drew and unfortunately um, went off Um in the in the in the Hyundai Rally Two car R Five car whatever we want to call it, um, and as did uh, Cali Rov and Per, and I just I, I, I just wonder uh, for 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 both of them really is there too much attention now? Um, what intention? Uh, uh, what attention on them as as drivers as young yeah. drivers? 
yeah, is this the you know? And I know this, and I know obviously Calvi's won, and it's he's he's in a WRC one car and and everything else. But even so, um, it's a it's very much in the public eye. And can imagine on Finland, you know, that little video by the way that went out was fantastic. I'm sure everybody's seen that, and obviously appeared in that as well. Um, I just you know, he's 21 years old, and I, you know, I I just uh, he's had that much attention, I suppose, for all those years. I just wonder whether you know doing the video doing all these other things whether perhaps take take him away from that kind of attention if if you can protect them a little bit i i think i think maybe you're right on this one occasion i think we'll see cali rovenpera come back um for the rest of the season and and he he will be the driver we expect to see but you may be right on this occasion because he's he's just come off the back of winning form he, he was the man in form. He was the fastest guy going to his home rally in Finland that he's been brought up to with his dad doing, with his his dad's friends winning the rally. Uh, he's, he's grown up in, in Finnish rallying royalty, hasn't he? It was almost probably expected that he would go and win the rally and dominate the rally this year. And, uh, you know, and, and that isn't easy to do with with the level of drivers that's around him. And uh, he, he looked a bit out of sorts from the start the car wasn't working quite right for him and and yeah it just unraveled for him unfortunately but i think from what we've seen of a young cali already he he does do pretty well at, at taking things in his stride if he makes a mistake he moves on from it um i think he'll learn from this and he'll, he'll come back stronger because he he he's incredibly talented and, and seems very level-headed um oliver solberg i think's in a, in a slightly different position because he's still got a lot to prove you know Cali's and yeah, really he's done been, it he's, now. He's, he's just been announced hasn't he as, as yes he's sharing, he has yeah sharing yeah. the car with Danny next year so you know straight away we're we're, we're, we're we're ramping it up again here yeah yeah and you're absolutely right so there's expectation there and, and obviously he's, he's the son of a, a world champion um uh, Petter expects as well as anybody else and and I think um without speaking out of turn any of the core drivers that have, have sat alongside Oliver uh, I found it quite hard work because uh, you know Petter's overseeing the recce's, Petter's overseeing the pace notes. Um, Petter was always known for having probably the most complicated pace note system, and 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 Oliver sort of follows follows what his father does. And yeah, I think I definitely think Oliver's in a slightly different position because, as you said, he's he's always in the social media, always doing his own social media. Unlike Callie to a degree, he's an outgoing character. Um, he does have some pressure on him because he still has to prove that he's worthy of of that drive and he's obviously very talented um but to a degree uh, you know going back to what you were saying about protecting him protecting him a little bit it would be good to see him just have a chance to focus on his driving and uh, and really show what he can do without maybe some of the uh, the distractions um jack I'll, I'll i'll bring you in at this point and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about oliver i guess uh, I, you know, I, I am genuinely concerned and, and, you know, obviously some of the things that Raj just, just, just said there, you know, it's almost, um, I don't know whether he's, uh, whether he will be, uh, how long he's going to have to grow into being himself at the moment. It does still feel like, and I'm sure he's very much like his old man, you know, because we're all, we're, we're all chips off the old block to some degree, I guess, but, you know, find his own way, I suppose, is where I'm going with this. Yeah, I think I, I understand the, the points being made, but I, I don't think I see it as being 
quite as worrying as as maybe you guys or or maybe uh, i just see it maybe from a different perspective but you know it's 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 up to petter and 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 harry at this point to to have you know you know the, these drivers have been destined for the wrc for the last for, for their whole lives so it's been up to them to, it's been up to petter and harry to prepare these guys for for the pressure that they're going to face and it was always coming you know the minute that these kids got in a rally car the, the this level of kind of criticism from the rallying community was coming and and for me i've not seen you know a a chain of errors from from oliver or a chain of errors errors from from cali for, for me what i've seen is some young rally drivers making mistakes that young rally drivers make. And I don't think it's anything to do with their surnames or, or the background that they've come from. And for me, they just need the time to, to bed in and, and get better. And, you know, the difference we're seeing is, you know, we talked, we talked about Craig earlier in the show, obviously getting his opportunity. He's, you know, he's been plying away at this for years and in, in the same way as someone like Chris Meek was, um, you know, coming into the, to the top level a lot later and with a lot more experience and having made a lot of these mistakes at a lower level. Whereas, you know, these two were just mentioned are coming in at basically almost the highest level straight away and having to perform at you know the uh, a level that's never been expected of these drivers before so they are going to make big high profile mistakes because they're not making them in lower formulas having spent years doing it so it's just a it's a fact of the way the the, the kind of even motorsport in general the ladder has changed to promote young drivers so much quicker than we used to and and in turn they've got so much less experience than than what drivers you know coming up later on would have had so i appreciate you know it's th- th- this level of pressure is never going to be good it's never going to be a good thing for solberg and, and rob and Pera for for sure but you know i think they i think hopefully they've been well prepared by their respective teams to be ready to deal with this and what i've seen is just a few kind of Maybe not minor you errors. Do you, know what? You, errors you, say, you say that, Jack. I'm just looking at 2021 for 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 for, for, for um, Oliver. Uh, uh, Lapland Rally um, second in class. Uh, Monty accident. Um, Arctic Rally Finland uh, first time in the world car with Seb alongside seventh RC one. Sam Ramo lost the wheel. Portugal fifth in, in Rally two. Um, class win. Uh, rally, uh, rally de Alba, Safari Rally, damaged roll cage, Rally Estonia, overheated engine, so mechanical, uh, Ypres, electrical, um, Acropolis accident, Finland accident. It's a tough year, that, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is, it is a tough year, but, you know, Hyundai have seen it fit to give him a, a WRC drive, so. You know that they know better than anybody what they're seeing from the data and what they're seeing on on the rallies, and you know they've they've decided he's good enough. So for me, that's that's enough. Trev, can I bring you in on this one? Do we need to be protecting these lads a little bit better? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think they've got the ability to to turn the wheel, press the pedals, the best you've ever seen, and uh, yeah, they've, they've they've just got the for for their age they've got an incredible amount of experience and seat time and if you look at Roven Per for example in Finland of course there's a lot of people expect them to be out front but at the end of the first day I think it was something like 8 seconds off the lead so it's still not a load he dropped two places I think in the last stage whatever in the dark but um yeah, he just slightly was off the pace, and that's it. And as we've seen, you know, you look at Lappe uh, in the car for the first time, slightly off the pace, you'd expect Rovenpower to beat Lappe convincingly, and he didn't. So there's something not quite right there as regards his confidence to the car in this particular rally, uh, because nobody expected the Hyundai's to be as fast. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, we all thought it was going to be uh, a Toyota fest, and... Uh, 
And you'd definitely expect Rovan Power to be up there at the point at the end. Uh, not so much Ogier, because he's run first in the road and he didn't need to be at that pace. Elvin got into the rally. Yeah, we weren't quite sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I I personally think they've got so much experience in cars now that that side of things would be something that could easily be ironed out. This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. Just just jumping around as ever, as we always do. Another driver I wanted to speak to you about, Trev, because you brought him up, I think, um, probably a couple of episodes ago now. But obviously, um, Timo Sunnanen, who, who came back in, in, in the the um, the polo and, and, you know, eighth overall, um, very um, dominant display in, 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 in Rally 2, um, very impressive display in, in Rally 2. Um, is that... Uh, it's obviously going to help him, but was that only to be expected? You know, even before the rally started, I, I listened to a piece with him and he was very confident he was going to go and get a result there, obviously home events, etc., etc. You know, could that give a false dawn almost? Uh, no, there was always going to be a bit of a bounce effect when he got into that car, a bit more testing probably. Um, you say he dominated, but Mads Osborne, <laughs> Mats Osborne put it up to him the whole way through the rally. I think it was only... Uh, a difference of 15, 16 seconds at yeah, the end. Yeah, it, it was. It just, I think it was stage wins. I think, I, I was, I think there was more stage wins for Timu. Yeah, John. and it, it's great to give him the confidence to, to do that. Uh, he's swapping over to Hyundai, I think, for Spain. So, uh, yeah, uh, as we said, you know, I, I'd love him to get back up into a rally car again if there's a seat for him or space for him. Um, because he's clearly got the talent. He just needs to sort his head out and get help with that and he'd be fine. Yeah, can I can I add to that, Tony? Yeah, of course. I think yeah. uh, I, I think Timu did himself no favors on that event, saying things like um, that he was in a good proper team, giving everything to make good results. I think that was just a you know from from what it sounds like, maybe he didn't mean it this way. And obviously English isn't his first language, but it very much sounds like he's having a a good dig at M Sport. And I think any manufacturer team looking at Timu will be you know a bit cautious about the the kind of comments and the attitude that he had in in that event. So, oh, but you know maybe that was just a one off, and he has had a very difficult time with with M Sport, obviously trying to get the results there and and trying to help that team develop. And I'll be I'll be very I'll be I'll be watching very closely the next few events to see how that kind of irons itself out and whether he gets his head down and, and is able to, to make something of his, of his future career. You've, yeah, you've... But, but just just coming in there, I mean, WRC team, where? Who? Well, <laughs> thank you, Ryan Champion, and that's exactly where I was going to go because I was going to go slightly left field because, of course, it was an ERC round as well at the weekend, uh, an event which Andreas Mickelson won, and he's probably odds on um, pretty much to, to, to win ERC, and I think he's also... Um, he's, he's there or thereabouts in WRC too, which is all very well and good. And he, thank you for piping up, Ryan Champion. We're going to come to you anyway. Um, where's anyone going to go, and where's a European champion slash WRC two driver going to go? Well, exactly. And, and here's the problem, and it, it goes back to the conversation we had about the top of the sport. You know, if you've only got uh, three teams, you, you've got uh, you know There's nine, nine drivers, yeah. nine, nine at best. Yep. 
Um, and and even then, you know, we've yet to see how much how much back in M Sport are going to have next year from Ford, or, or you know, let's let's hope they've got a commercial sponsor as well. But ultimately, as we've said, they you know they're competing against two incredibly well funded teams um, who've announced their their driver lineups pretty much. Okay, Toyota haven't, but we we pretty much know where that's going. Uh, and as you already said, you know, Andreas Mickelson has done a a good. Good job this year. He's, he's gone very well. Um, you know, we said it before about Mads Osberg, now Timo Sunnen. I mean, yes, um, Esapeka Lapid looks like he's going to be back in again, and that's great because uh, I think he's a, a waste of talent. But there is nowhere for these guys to go. Um, there is no opportunity without a new manufacturer coming in. And with with the current rules, uh, let's see. I mean, they, they had to change things for next year. They had to because we were becoming more and more irrelevant as a sport to the car manufacturers. So they had no option but to do something next year. Um, but, you know, I can't see a new manufacturer coming in in the next two years. And, and so to answer your question, there is nowhere for these drivers to go. Not without paying their way into a, you know, a fourth or a fifth seat. Yeah. Trev, if, if, if I can, if I can come to you, cause it, I think you posed the question originally, you know, as, uh, Timo Yoki obviously funds, um, um, the, the, the program for, for, for Timo Sunanen, but, um, you asked how long would you keep that funding going for? And I suppose, um, we can kind of take Mads out of the equation. Mads does his own thing and I'm not going to do the boring stuff, you know, obviously how he funds it and everything else. It, I don't care. Um, but when you kind of look at somebody, I suppose, like Andreas and somebody that may be trying to get an investment back, you know, obviously the, the, the people behind Tina Sunnan, how long do you kind of tread water for here? You know, what what is the, the treading water process? Is it another, you know, does Andreas do another year in WRC2 with Skoda or does he go back to ERC? You know, wh- where is the point where you go, there's nowhere to go? There's, the, the, you know, we, we are literally wasting money here. Uh, well, that's a decision for each person. If it's down to the driver's decision as to whether he's going to add to the funding, well, then that's something that he has to see the value in if he wants to go forward. As regards people who fund drivers, it's how deep their pockets are and what your ego's like at the end of the day. How much do you want to lose face by backing somebody that didn't work? Uh, and that could be the case with, uh, with Sunan. Um, so I, I just absolutely right. You know, you're looking at eight seats probably. Uh, at the top level, uh, and which, you know, not all of those are going to come with manufacturers paying the driver. So, uh, it's, it's definitely a weird business model, but, uh, there's plenty of people out there willing to have a punt on it. Um, is this, you know, and uh, Rye and Trev have got experience of this, but obviously, you know, going back 25 years or whatever it was, well, it would have been 25 years, wouldn't it? You know, you think about the All Stars team as an example. Um, obviously with Subaru and now, uh, you know, pro, pro drive running. Is, is, is this what we're crying out for? I and mean, obviously we know High and I have kind of had that second tier team, um, for, for the French, uh, I'm trying to think of his name now. What's his name? French driver that they've been running. Uh, Pierre Louis Louvet. Yeah, who fortunately, uh, can't complete the season. I didn't realize he'd yeah. been in an accident. So, so he's out, but obviously they've, they've registered the name under that. Team, you know, are, are we in the realms here where perhaps there the needs to be encouragement for 
you know, a second tier team or is that yeah, how? But it, it just comes back to funding, doesn't it? Because, you know, whenever, let's, let's face it, the Pro Drive All Stars team was a, was, yes, it was a, it was a satellite team set up for, for privateers. So they could be in factory cars, but as privateers, we saw, uh, you know, M Sport with the, uh, Stobart team and then the, the Munchies team and, and they were factory cars, but privately funded. And again, Who's going to privately fund these these uh, million pound cars if if you if you're in more affordable cars then okay. then it would right. be a possibility. Let me, let let me jump in at this point. Okay, so and and everyone's going to have an opinion on this. So I'm going to come to everybody on this. I'll come to you, Trev. Uh, right, because I interrupted you. Um, sorry. Um, but we we've seen quite recently. Is it is it better for them for a driver, an aspiring driver? Um, to find funding to do, you know, four rallies in a Rally 1 car as opposed to a full season in a Rally 2 car? Um, Let me qualify that. Andreas Mickelson. Let's use Andreas as an example because, personally, my opinion is he's got nothing to prove in a Rally 2 car. Mm. I I think think with somebody like Andreas Mickelson, you're exactly right because he's been there and done it. And... Uh, he he's in a rally two car because that's where the budget's at with with what he can do um there's probably some help from scorder there a, a, along the way uh but yeah he he needs to show that he's capable of getting back in a, a rally one car um and to do that he's probably going to be in one of those because as you said i think no matter what he does in in rally two same as matt osberg uh same as timu sunnan they're not just going to jump back into a world championship seat so uh, yeah, I think I think for them you're right. For for a young developing driver, I'm not so sure because you need experience of all the rallies. You need experience of making pace notes. Um, we know how important it is now in the World Championship to uh, to work on those pace notes and they build on it year on year. We still hear uh, people talking about oh new stages. Oh, it's a new stage. I wasn't sure how the notes were going to work. I mean that's 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 the that's the situation the World Championship is in now. I mean when. Trev was competing when I was competing. I mean, you were always on new notes. You, you very rarely got to do the same stage again. So it, it's it's very different from that point of view. And you just need the mileage. You need the experience. And, you know, with four rallies, let's say, in a rally one car, you're probably not going to get enough mileage in the car. You're probably not going to get enough testing. Um, and, and for me, you're better off doing a full year if, if you're an aspiring driver. Um, and, and the reason why I mention that, because I'm sure Trev has sat there and he's thinking of one name. Um, because I seem to remember you being uh, quite vocal on it. I'm thinking of Pontus Tiedemann, Trev, when yep. he did the deal in the, in, in the, the current spec fiesta. And I, I, I can't quite remember. So I'm, it was you that were speaking about it at the time. So I'm just going to bring you in and go, what did you say about that again, Trev? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just, uh, it was an investment, clearly, uh, as Ryan was saying, it's very expensive to run the current generation of World Rally Car. And they, they did, ran them on, on some weird rallies, like Monte Carlo was a strange one to do. Um, but there's a lot of backing at one point. Uh, seems to have all disappeared now, or he certainly he's not on the scene that I can see. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's... it's <laughs> I definitely think WRC2, you know, you've seen what Mickelson's done, you've seen what Lappy have done, they've gone back there, they've dominated, and they've ended up, uh, Mickelson ended up in the Hyundai, which didn't work out for him, and that car on tarmac was hard for anybody to drive, including uh, Sebastian Loeb. So he did make it work before, uh, but I go back to what I said, if you're in WRC2 or 3, you have to dominate. You have to be the one person that's blowing everybody away. But surely he's doing that. 
So, and it's, yeah, it's still not going to make a blind bit of difference. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. Where else is he going? But the thing that's happened with him is he's had a go at it. Uh, he's been up there a couple of times and he's been about for a long time, remember. And you go back to his performance in the Volkswagen. Again, not consistent at times. He's very fast and he's won rallies. But it's this consistently fast at the top level in a world rally car is what manufacturers need now. Jack, what's your take? Nothing further to add from that. Very com- <laughs> comprehensive and well so, yeah, so, Sorry, mate. Sorry, I was so, a bit cruel. It sounds like an F1 press conference. Yeah, I have nothing further to add. <laughs> <laughs> um, just just before we, there's a couple of other things I want us I want us to talk about. Not necessarily just about um, about um, Finland, but um, one thing that I did enjoy seeing um, was fans. Uh, I know we've had fans probably we shouldn't have done on certain events and stuff like that, but I, um, certainly I wasn't aware there was any restrictions, Jack, in Finland, and especially looking at the jumps at the end, geez, uh, 68 metres, was it Adrian Formo did? Uh, That's right, yeah. And there was plenty of fans there and stuff, and uh, it was reassuring, I think, as much as anything, just, just to see people watching rallying again. Yeah, yeah. I think um, everyone's seen the picture now of the, the the one that's taken from like the back of the crowd, where you can just see the car kind of the Hyundai leaping in the background. And you know, I think uh, you know fans are such a visceral part of the the WRC, and to have them back is obviously a, an amazing thing as long as it's done safely. So, and 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 the big thing is um, they got a, a good event to watch and a, and a close event to watch. And I think. You know, that's probably one thing we haven't touched on so far is the the kind of re-emergence of Hyundai at, at Finland because, you know, they've had no podium since 2014. I think they'd won one gravel stage on Rally Finland since 2014 and to, to come and be as competitive as, as they were last weekend is, you know, such a a great thing for, for them but also for the WRC as well because we've seen Toyota run away with this rally before on, on numerous occasions and we've seen them be the class of the field. Obviously, the event's in their, their backyard and they can test on the, on the stage is not far away and, you know, for, for Hyundai to, to turn up and deliver an event like they did was, was just phenomenal and, and, and only, you know, in Improved the the kind of atmosphere of the event, I believe. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, 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 just just before we I come back to that point with you, right, and and and, and with you, Trev. Um, when you've done big events, right, in in the past, and um, did you ever kind of feel the fans? Did you did it feel different to you? I'm not just talking about the bloke stood on the corner where you know everybody's going to go off, which we all know happens. <laughs> I'm talking about. Um, I suppose for, for me, I'm relating it to, I can remember coming down into Sweet Lamb as an example on, on some events, you know, especially WRC rounds. And there's, there, there, there's, there's a vibe, you feel it, even, even at the, 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 the snail's pace we were going in the little group M front wheel drive car. There was, there was definitely something to it. It definitely adds something to it, doesn't it? Yeah, and and for me, but it's more memories of of road sections actually. You know where you where you really do have time to to take it in a little. Well, actually, other than the the early days of my rallying in Belgium and France, where yeah, spectator control still probably wasn't <laughs> as good as it could have been. And I remember coming into some villages and seeing people step back, which I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure what what that said about my driving. But anyway, um, I yeah. still do it. I still do it whenever I see you. <laughs> um, but it, it, yeah, it was like I said, it's it's road sections, you know, where you do have time to engage and and uh, and look at what's going on around you. And yeah, of course it does. It it, it makes a big difference. It it just adds to the excitement of being there. Um, 
in, I remember, and uh, you know, we, we do talk about the old days, sorry about that, but the old days of, of Rally GB when it did travel around the country, and I've seen it from both sides. I've seen it from a spectator stood on a, a road section just to see the cars come in, and then, and then from a, a competitor's point of view, you know, when, when people would just stop at the side of the motorway to pull up on motorway roundabouts because that's where the cars were crossing and stuff. And, um, yeah, it, it, of course, it, the more fans there is around a rally, the, the more atmosphere it adds, absolutely. Trev, when you were doing the likes of PWRC and obviously WRC as well, there, there, there is, you know, you can kind of relate to, I've got I've got relatives um, that have been professional boxers, professional footballers and stuff, and, you know, they talk about, you know, a ring walk or coming out onto a, onto a field to, to, to play professional football or whatever. And, and the only thing I could relate it to, as I say, was you know, the likes of Sweet Lamb and stuff like that. But, f- you know, for you, WRC, that it, it must have... It, it, it kind of feels proper and it feels like you've arrived, I guess. Yeah, it was a different proposition back then, wasn't it? Yeah, as Ryan said. I remember going out of Cheltenham, I think it must have been 97 or 98, at 5 o'clock in the morning, and the M5 just being lined, as he said, uh, bridges over the M5, the people there. It was just mad. You know, the road sections, that particular rally, coming back into Cheltenham as well, there's thousands of people in the road sections. You won't get that now, clearly, but because people have lots of other things that are, are pulling on their time. Um, the, the jump in Finland was really interesting because this year didn't seem to be much of a downside for anybody because the manufacturers were enjoying it, the drivers clearly were enjoying it. I don't know about the co-drivers, but it all seemed to, <laughs> <laughs> the cars seemed to land quite well. Um, so there's no downside to that. You've only got the thick of the Gymkhanas in the States, you know, the Pastranas and all that side of things and the, the amount of coverage it do gets. You think, do you think the manufacturers but, were, were quite relaxed about it because that's their gravel cars and they know they weren't going to ever compete again? <laughs> it could be that. <laughs> um, I, I would say there's a lot of effort and work going into uh, making that jump the right jump and there's a lot of practice runs over I'm sure uh, there's plenty of people there that could, uh, that could help them out with that uh, yeah it's, it just goes back to what we said trying to keep people interested but there's one thing for sure there's plenty of people friends of mine who come back and comment on, on the videos that I shared uh, and you've got the like of Daniel Ricardo sharing it and, uh, and people like that and it's just a phenomenal watch when you look at those videos I go back to what I said at the start it's just mind-blowing uh, what those guys and you know drivers and co-drivers can do in those cars right at the top level and consistently for a whole event barely putting a wheel wrong it's just incredible the best couldn't drivers in the world by couldn't far. agree more couldn't agree more uh, right just before we move away to, to any other business um a couple of i just just following on from what jack was saying there about obviously high and i having a very very successful weekend i thought um Oitanak, I always find just fascinating. And I just wonder, um, you know, he was making reference to the fact that he hadn't done Finland in that car because obviously it was cancelled last year and he was kind of finding his feet almost um, as the weekend was going on. But, you know, clearly he, he, he was pushing and he's somebody who obviously knows those roads from his, his Toyota days uh, as well. Um, do you think, and again, crystal ball moment, you know, uh, was Elving just too good? It's, I suppose it's the simple question here. Or was it just a case of, well, it wasn't quite up to it? Don't know. Um, oh, oh, tough question. Um, 
I mean, it was a, as we said, a fantastic performance by, by the Hyundai team, um, by Craig, by Oit. Um, yeah, maybe just the, the final edge wasn't there. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking such fine margins in, in WRC now that, that Elvin just had a car that was, that was working for him. And, and yeah, he probably just had that little bit more confidence, uh, when it, when it really counted and, and, and Elvin maybe was just too good on the, on the day or Elvin and, and Scott and the, Yaris as a package um, just had that that little edge when it when it counted, but you know, good to see Hyundai sort of back on on you know on the pace on that rally, uh, taking the fight to Toyota as well, which you know is their home rally. It's it's one that in theory Toyota should dominate, but they certainly didn't. Okay, so hard as well. It's so hard as well, right? Isn't it with no junctions and stuff like that on on Rally Finland to actually make up time when you lose it and stuff. It's it make it makes the the, the differences between the cars. It's, you know, it's extremely difficult to pull time back, isn't it? It is yeah, absolutely fine margins, and uh, and as we've talked about, the commitment was just in, incredible. So, uh, you know, any 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 of the guys that that were putting in the times that they were at the front, in in theory, were, were capable of of winning if if the package was working for them, and they just had that that extra edge, and and that was Elvin on the day. Couple of things, just quickly: is this the first podcast in six years of Absolute Rally where? We haven't, and we're right near the end. Uh, I'm really conscious of time. We're taking the piss out of each other. Uh, no, we, 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 I think we kind of did that at the beginning, to be fair. Uh, I was making reference to the fact that, um, the man who finished in fifth place, <laughs> <laughs> our championship leader has not even been mentioned. Now, um, I'm going to try and do a quickie on this one. Uh, Jack Bengen, your 20, 21 WRC champion will be Sebastian Ogier rank champion Sebastian Ogier Trevor Agnew yeah of course I'm going Elvin there you go they're on the table I think and I don't care what you three say this is my train set it sounded painful to me right right (laughs) (laughs) all I'll say right it's been a while that's all you need to know Um, (laughs) there's a wheelbarrow under that chair that you sat on there isn't there Buster Plus the going ads from uh, Viz. Anyway, slightly, slightly, slightly left field there. Um, I think, um, I think the, the, I don't think it was as much the win from Elvin. I think it was the power stage win as well. And I think that, I think that could be deemed to be a turning point. There you go. I, I think. Seb can afford to lose an event at this point and well, all but, lose an event basically and, and still you know be in the lead of the championship or, or be right there so I think he still has to be the favourite although he's not won Spain since 2016 so that's a good opportunity for Elvin to pull some points back potentially uh, Absolutely uh, one last person I want to mention before we uh, move away from Finland and get to our any other businesses Molly Taylor what a drive and Seb Marshall 20th overall in the uh, the little Rally 3 Fiesta uh, with a whole host of Rally 2 cars behind them fantastic drive congratulations to molly and to seb and we will catch up with both of them soon um boys do you have any other business this week yes yep yep trev okay cool um jack banging as you said yes first you go first well i just wanted to come back to craig breen's tea and just <laughs> again hammer home how upset really? i was is this in any other business 
Uh, no, I, I really enjoyed the video that they put together. We've mentioned it so many times now, but not actually said what we're talking about. So if you've not seen it, then go and check out M Sports uh, video that they did with Craig Breen announcing him where you kind of don't see his face and he walks through uh, Dovenby Hall and he's kind of meeting the mechanics and uh, Rich Milner's looking for him and all that kind of stuff. It's it's a really good video, but I still can't I still can't reconcile the T. But also, I don't think we mentioned uh, Especlapi too much on the podcast and just wanted to say that I think he's the perfect person for Toyota to sign next year, which is what we're expecting to happen because I think he's at a stage in his career now where he'll be quite happy with the partial programme. He's got a family at home and he's quite happy with, uh, I think he'll be quite happy with the opportunity to share the car with Sebastian Ogier next year. So if that sort of does happen, then I think uh, Finland was a perfect example of what he can bring to the table for Toyota and that'll be a, a mega signing for them. Very succinct. Ryan Champion. Um, well, this weekend sees uh, the return of uh, what a lot of people say is the best rally in the world. Don't know. Never done it. Been to it. Always wanted to do it. But the Mull Rally. Don't fancy it. I'm just going to add that in. You don't fancy <laughs> don't it. Don't fancy yeah. it, honestly. Go on. I had this conversation with Dommy Buckley this morning. Go on. Sorry, mate. <laughs> well, I, I, I would love to do it. I, I've got to do it at some point. Uh, but for the first time ever, it's a round of the, uh, the British Championship. And uh, slightly controversial, that one. But with the way things have gone and calendar. No, slightly about it. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the fence, Ryan. Get off the fence. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, great, great to see the rally back on on Mull. Um, you know, it has such a huge following there, both from from the locals and organisers alike. Uh, a lot of the local drivers compete. Be interesting to see, you know, how how the likes of Matt Edwards and, and Oshin Price go against uh, John McCrone and Paul McKinnon. You know, the the, the specialists from there, if you like. Um, so great to see the rally back, and uh, and uh, I'm sure it'll be an interesting battle at the front. Absolutely, that was actually going to be my any other business, but still, there you go. That's what you get for, for not having a plan B. Good job, I do. Trevor Agnew. A uh, couple of things I want to tip my hat to Chris Patterson, Aaron Johnson, and Paul Nagel to see three co drivers in those top eight seats in Rally Finland was something special. It was good to see them all stood beside each other. There was a photograph posted on social media. Uh, so almost half the co drivers in the World Championship come from the island of Ireland on that particular rally. That's cool, isn't it? Um, the other person I want to mention is Elliot Edmondson, who uh, if anybody's seen uh, the article, the interview, it was done on Dirt Fish. Uh, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, just a really realistic and honest appraisal of where he was, uh, an acceptance of what happened uh, when he uh, ended up going his separate ways with Gus Greensmith. Absolutely brilliant to see him alongside Andreas Mickelson winning all these rallies now. And uh, I just want to tip my hat to him as well, because uh, I think it's great. The other one I'd quickly like to mention is Thierry Neville, um, someone who a lot of times the other drivers in the Hyundai couldn't get it to work, uh, whereas in Finland, he just can't go fast in Finland. He cannot compete on Finland. Interesting. We'll come back to that maybe another time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Elliot, by the way, again, somebody I know, somebody who very rarely nearly sat with me. 2012, he was meant to do BRC with me. There you go. Different, a different lifetime, different lifetime, but still there you go. Um, that has been, um, absolute rally for this week. Um, my any other business uh, is, is, was one that I was just going to genuinely ask the question and just go, um, obviously, unfortunately, I didn't do the track road rally. Um, and then you can probably say the same about Ryan Champion and Trevor Agnew. Ryan Champion, what the f- happened? Yeah, well, you can pretty much say the same. Uh, I'd like to thank you for Trevor 
to uh, say thank you for briefly coming out of retirement. We're, we'll have to revisit that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, we're all the preparation that goes in as ever, and uh, and the engine let led us down three miles in. So that was. Have we that. got a new one? Have we got one yet? I seen there was there was, uh, there was attempts on social media to find you an engine. Well, I was trying to get one because uh, the car's due at, uh, at Goodwood next week. Um, so the easiest thing would have been just to find one to drop in. But no, I haven't managed to do that. So uh, this one will get rebuilt in due course. Oh, have you got have you got a man on the job already, so to speak? Uh, I'm doing it. No, I, I, I just <laughs> I just went I went into the workshop this morning and thought mm, that needs washing at some point. It can't be any worse than, than what happened on the track road. So they've given it to me to have a go at. Yeah, I was just I just about to say the, the engine the engine will be running on pumpkin lattes. That's the way it's going to go down. Bring renewable bullshit. fuels. <laughs> There's no fuel shortage in that uh, in that Lancer either. No, no, I, I would like to use it. Yeah, I can well imagine. I can well imagine. I'm not too sure how the Yaris will take to it, though. To be fair. Anyway, quite well, I would have thought. Well, probably, but, yeah. but it's not coming. Your, it's not coming near your Yaris. It'll get used in mine before it comes anywhere near yours. We need to, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk Yaris ownership in another podcast. In fact, maybe that's a podcast within itself. Um, boys, thank you uh, genuinely from the bottom of my arse. Um, uh, I've missed you all, and uh, <laughs> it is good to be back. Thank you for picking up on that, Jack. Um, and that has been absolute rally for this week. And we will be back now uh, weekly until the end of the season, and then we'll let you know what's going to be happening in the future but still thank you for the download it has been an absolute joy to speak to my friends again and uh, be back same time same place in your podcast hall next week absolute rally powered by the keel the works team spread the word and download the podcast every week